Like I can't get past just staring down into that blue and there's yellowfin tuna everywhere and all these little bait fish and then just these huge white sharks come in and they just like take over. They demand your full attention because they're just so beautiful. It's so graceful. It's so powerful. You just like that is a perfect apex predator. There's, there's nothing more perfect than a white shark. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. This is Gail, and today we are going underwater and exploring and hearing about the amazing predator, the great white shark. That is right. Like, this is the coolest shark in the world. And it's been a good eight years since I have swam with a great white shark down in Guadalupe. And I want to make sure that this episode was providing a fresh experience. So I interviewed one of the smartest shark girls around, Sarah Mady, and she resides in Kona, Hawaii. Uh, She's a dive instructor. She also works at the seahorse farm down there. She is so knowledgeable, and and I knew that she was the perfect person to have on the show. And before we go to the interview, I also want to let you know that this will be our last show of 2018. We will be back in 2019, but please keep on subscribing and keep on listening and and let us know your thoughts on the show or new episodes you think we should have. And there will be exciting brand new episodes for 2019. I am so excited about it. Also, make sure you check out the Blackwater episode uh, that was done a, a few episodes ago. I interviewed Sarah's boyfriend, Jeff, on Blackwater Diving in Kona, Hawaii, which is one of my favorite dives ever. Uh, so definitely give that episode a listen if you're into the scuba world. Uh, but now it is time to talk about great white sharks and how to make this dream of swimming and diving with great whites a reality because if you swim with great white sharks I promise that will be an experience that you will never forget we are here with Sarah Mady and she just returned from dun 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 Swimming and diving with great white sharks. <laughs> what? <laughs> it sounds scarier than it is. <laughs> so I, I did this trip like seven, eight years ago. It's been a while. I need I need a refresher. How was your trip, Sarah? Uh, it was incredible. Um, we probably saw over 20 different white sharks during what? our three days. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 20? yeah, 20 you said at 20? least. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Um, and at the most, we saw one time we did see six circling us all at one time. <laughs> okay, I need to go back because I think we saw like four great white sharks. Oh, really? Oh, 
what yeah it was was it's a good season so uh it was a really good season uh three weeks before we got there they had the record number of white shark sightings uh so we were kind of set up for a a really good um trip and we did oh my gosh okay so take me on the journey so how (laughs) how did you get to guadalupe to go swim with great white sharks and why why did you do this trip um well i got to lead my first uh dive trip through uh the dive shop that i work at at jack's diving locker and um so i had asked input from what people had wanted to do on any of their trips and upcoming adventures and they had a couple of them had said man i really want to go to guadalupe i've seen awesome photos from there and so i put together a trip at the most optimal time for us to go um, during the best conditions and uh, booked really early and uh, we filled up half the boat which was pretty cool yeah and, uh, so we had a bunch of our friends and uh, uh, co-workers and all that kind of stuff that went out and uh, enjoyed our trip with us so it wound up being a huge success so how many people were on the boat the boat takes, I think, 30 people, uh, 30 customers, but we had uh, 13 of us were from my group. Great. So how did you get to Guadalupe? So getting to Guadalupe, uh, we flew into San Diego. Uh, and then from San Diego, they pick you up at a hotel and they take you in this big bus. And the big bus has a life-size white shark, you know, painted on the side. That's so awesome. you're, you're already pretty stoked. Uh, they drive us across the border to Ensenada. They uh, make us walk across the border. You're supposed to walk across with all your luggage and get your stamp, uh, passport stamp. And then they pick you up on the other side of the border. Um, and then you drive, drive down the rest of the way. So that takes us to the port. And then from the port, we jump onto this is a ginormous boat. I think it was 110 feet long. Wow. Yeah. 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 And then how long was your boat ride to to get to Guadalupe? The boat ride was a long trip. It was close to 24 hours. Um, I think when we docked that same day, it may have been about 23, 22 hours to get all the way down there. So they motored the whole night and we slept in, you know, our cabins for the first night uh, and then motored the whole next day. Yeah. Yeah. So had you ever seen a great white shark before this trip? So I actually did great white shark cage diving, dive mastering in the Farallon Islands off of San Francisco. Oh, see, I've heard about that, but I've never been there. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never recommend it to anyone. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's remarkably expensive for a half day excursion. Um, and the, the trouble with the, the Farallon Islands white shark trips is that they can't chum. Uh-huh. Uh, and the visibility is very low because it's California waters. And so, so they use like a cardboard seal? They use, they use a cardboard seal, but these the sharks are not using their vision. They're using, you know, electrical uh-huh. senses and smell from their nose. So there's no reason for a white shark to ever go and see this cardboard cutout. So they they charge you like $800 to sit on a boat for a day and not see a white shark. So just Hmm. save your money and go to Guadalupe. And that's the most reliable, most beautiful, clearest water you'll see for the white sharks. Wow. Now, have you been to South Africa? 
No, I have not been to South Africa. That sounds amazing, but I hear the visibility is also very low there and the That's sharks are too. fairly hit or miss. So the, the most reliable white shark viewing is most definitely in Guadalupe. Fantastic. So yeah. you arrived in Guadalupe, which there's not many people that live on Guadalupe, like 30 people or so, or? Uh, we weren't allowed to step up right. on land, so I have no idea. I didn't yeah. see any houses, structures, lights, land. Like I just saw land and I heard sea lions and, uh, and fur seals and that's about it. So we didn't see any people while we okay. were there, just the boats. And so you were there and how long were you there at Guadalupe? We were there for three full days, uh, of pretty much unlimited cage diving during sunrise to sunset. Wow. Okay. So yeah. when you entered that cage, did you see a great white immediately or, or take, take me to that moment when you first saw <laughs> the great white? It, it was incredible. Um, they opened the cage at 630 in the morning and at 630 Ooh. in the morning, it's not yet sun there, you know, there's no sun out yet. So it's still dark. Um, the water's fairly cold. It's about 68 degrees or so. And so you're probably, you know, you're chilly, you, you just rolled out of bed, maybe or may maybe not gotten any coffee before you, you know, throw yourself into a wetsuit and jump into some pretty cold water to try and see a white shark in the morning. And That's they, the they, best form of coffee right there. <laughs> I thought so. I didn't need any. <laughs> So, uh, so I jump in the cage right at the 6.30 time. I'm, I'm stoked and ready to go. And they start chumming at 6.30. So they throw out a bait um, on a, a line. And the line is like made of natural hemp fibers. So if the sharks do accidentally get the bait, it doesn't harm them in any way. Um, so they started the chumming and the fish start showing up. And then we started getting some bigger fish start showing up. And these were big, huge uh, amberjacks, much bigger than the ones I'd seen here in Hawaii. Uh, and then about 20 minutes into sitting around, just waiting for the sunrise to come up, I uh, did see a big gray figure coming out from the uh, blue or from the kind of grayish darkness. Uh, and that was my first white shark. And she was beautiful. She happened to be the biggest one we did see during our trip. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. How big? How big? Um, they're estimating between 16 to 18 feet. <laughs> Yeah, her name is Lucy, and she has a deformed uh, dorsal, uh, I'm sorry, a deformed caudal fin. So it's kind of like hangs down a little lower. She's really scraped up and ragged because big sharks are. Uh, and she has, I don't know, 50 plus pilot fish just dancing all around her. So wow. it was really a sight to come across as your first white shark. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so that was on your first day. So on the second day, how many great whites did you see on, on the second day? On the second day, uh, it was less awesome. Uh, we probably saw maybe 10. On the first day, we saw about 15 estimated animals. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them were repeats from the first day. So, you know, we saw Lucy two days in a row and a couple other of the white sharks. So we're guessing we had about 15 the first day and about 10 the next day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> when we went, the, the Navy stopped by our boat, the Mexican Navy. Oh, wow. And they boarded our boat. And they didn't want to leave our boat. They wanted to be fed. They hung out. And while they were on our boat, we weren't allowed to chum. 
Wow. Well, so, that would explain why you only maybe saw four. Yeah. So we, we couldn't trim the water while they were here. And then they, they hung out and they hung around. And then we had one, this crazy like storm came on one day. And then we had one fantastic day where they were four, <laughs> but you saw 15. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, not, go back. not all at once, but yes, I definitely recommend uh, going back and especially going during the proper season that uh, there, there's a fairly narrow season when you get a lot of different uh, males and females of different sizes. And I wanted to make sure and pick that optimal season. So I, I did my research before I, uh, I signed up for our trip because, you know, when you're, you got 10 people or 15 people and uh, several thousand dollars each, you better make sure they're getting their money's worth, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I went um, late... October, like October 23rd. Oh, okay. That week. That's, that's the same week we went. We went October 25th to the 30th. Yeah. 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 I, I think the Navy kind of ruined our experience. That's, that sounds but, like I mean, I'm, I'm all for uh, navies out there in the world. Just, just don't <laughs> ruin just my... To clarify. Just <laughs> yeah, let, yeah. Let us chum the water. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because it's not illegal to chum the water, so I don't know why there would be no chumming. This but. was eight years ago, so I'm not sure if there was a restriction then, but they, they wouldn't let us do it. But we called it suicidal fish, that the, the fish were just hopping into the water and they died. I don't know. It's, it's what we called it back then to, to make it be okay. But okay. We, couldn't, we couldn't advertise we were chumming then. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It was a little below the radar. <laughs> now, what, what boat were you on? So we were on the Nautilus Bellamy. Uh, it's one of their bigger boats. Uh, I picked it because it looked like it had uh, the nicest staterooms um, with kind of a variety, and it also had the most cages. So we had we have a lot of very interested people that really wanted to go and be in the water a long time. Yeah, and we wanted to make sure and have enough cages for all my friends. So yeah, it worked out really well. They also have a hot tub on board. So, oh, you know, <laughs> hey, when, hey. The, when the water is sixty eight degrees and you've been in it for several hours that day, a hot tub's really important to help warm you up at the end of the day. So how many cages did you have and what depth were they at? So there's uh, two, two surface cages uh, that were always in operation and they could hold four people each. And then there was three um, cycling deep cages. And by deep, I only mean uh, 20, 24 feet or so. So they're fairly shallow uh, and they get lowered down and come back up about every 40 minutes. Got it. Yeah. And what were you wearing to stay warm? Uh, I brought a dry suit because I had heard from people that went that it was really nice to already be dry in between your sessions of being in the water. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily um, better for warmth per se, but it was better just, just to be out and already dry and you don't have this process of putting on a wet wetsuit on and off and on and off the whole time. Right. So I, I brought a dry suit with some really nice thermals, uh, just got all the seals replaced. Um, but I did not find my dry suit comfortable at all. Um, the way when you're standing in a cage, uh, the air bubble will uh, rise. So uh -huh. it rises up to your shoulder and the air bubble vents from your shoulder valve. Right. And uh, so your legs are just kind of crushed into this uh, dry suit uh, in the boots. 
And so I was losing pain in my toes and I was like laying down on the cage and rolling around trying to get an air bubble in there so I could get feeling back in my toes. And, And I found out I was like, I was not enjoying the sharks because I was worrying about my gear so much. So luckily one of my friends went, she had this, she's the same size as me, but she's chronically cold. Yeah. Uh, and so she <laughs> traded me her wetsuit, a seven mil wetsuit for uh, my dry suit. And she was in heaven and I was super happy. So uh, we did trade. I wound up wearing a seven mil wetsuit and I loved that situation. Now, if people don't have a seven mil wetsuit or a dry suit, could they rent a wetsuit from the boat? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was debating on doing it just so I didn't stretch out my friend's suit. But uh, it was, yeah, it's fine. I think it's $50 for the whole trip. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. And so what, so we use like a, it was like a snuba type of system. Mm -hmm. Is that what you used? It's called hookah. Yeah. So the the air uh, supply is on the surface and it's uh, pushed down via like a compressor down into the regulators. The regulators just have essentially really, really, really long hoses. Uh, And so all of the air is unlimited from the surface. It's just pushed down to you. And so, yeah, everyone uses a big uh, regulator on a long hose connected to the cage essentially. And when you come out and swap cages or someone jumps in in front of you, they did a really nice Listerine dunk. So you got a nice, fresh tasting mouthwash every time you come in. It was was nice. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. And do you need to be scuba certified to go cage dive with great white sharks? Uh, Yes and no. So if you want to use just the surface cages, they're in about five feet of water. You don't need to know uh, any of the safety protocol for scuba diving. You essentially are just doing a real shallow five foot scuba dive. So the hookah system is fine. That's for uncertified divers. We had one aboard our boat that was not certified. She's a snorkeler. Uh, the deep cages do require certification uh, because they have bailout scuba tanks and things like that. So they don't want any um, safety hazards yeah. to go on. Yeah. Right. Right. Got it. Yeah. And how would you say the show was with the great white sharks compared from the shallow cages to the deep cages? That's probably uh, one of my favorite questions because uh, Jeff and I differ in where we wanted to spend the majority of our time. I preferred the deep water cages and he preferred all the action up north, so uh, up up on the surface cages. So the surface cages are where the chum hangs out. That's where most of the uh, dynamic action shots of like, you know, mouths open and you know, tails flapping and teeth and all that stuff come from. Um, So that's where all the photographers wanted to hang out. I loved being in the deep cage uh, because I'm not a photographer. I love watching animal behavior and movement and just kind of feeling a little bit like I'm a part of their system. Yeah. My, My favorite part in being in the deep water cages was I would uh, put my head as close to the edge of the cage as possible. So I hopefully didn't see any bars or cages on the side of it. And I would just kind of stare down into this open blue. It's, it's hundreds of feet deep and it's just blue, just the most beautiful, clearest blue you can imagine. And the sun rays are shining down and I'm just staring down at this blue and I'm just kind of like meditating. That's my happy place is this open yeah. blue ocean. And I would just be staring down, not worrying about anyone else, nothing like that. And all of a sudden, just real slowly, you'd start to see this tiny little like face 
kind of just growing from that blue and just growing and growing and and then materializing and you see the eyes bigger and you see that little happy face that the sharks yeah, have and you yeah. start to see the peck fins and the dorsal fins and then you start to see it growing and he looks like he's coming straight at you just like swimming so so slow so graceful but like with a direction like obviously like that shark's coming straight for us essentially but just slowly like with two little flicks of the tail turns just past the cage and you've been watching this animal for hundreds of feet in the water and at the last moment she just kind of turns away and just slides right past the cage up towards the bait and circles around and um that was my favorite place to be because it was just it, it almost felt like the sharks were like materializing just underneath us like that is beautiful yeah. that is so beautiful i would i would be there right now <laughs> i want to be back there right now <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be organizing any more trips to go back? Oh, yeah. Um, they kind of sold us on a really cool trip. Uh, once a year, they move the boat from Guadalupe to Socorro. Yeah. Uh, and they have, it's like a 16-day liveaboard because they cross 300 miles of water to get down to the Socorros. Wow. So they do the white shark cage diving first. And then they take you still, you continue on down south and you cover a couple little islands that are like totally uninhabited on the way down to Socorro. And then you dive Socorro. So it's an insanely like long trip. Usually 16 day liveaboards are not anything yeah. that Americans can, de you know, take that much time off of for. Right. Um, but they only do it once a year. And so we would like to do that probably in 2021. But because uh, we're, we're pretty booked up already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to go and dive the Great Whites at Guadalupe, not the 16-day trip, mm -hmm. how much does that trip cost approximately? Yeah, um, it depends on the type of room you want, uh, of course. Um, but uh, our room was about $3,000 per person. So there's two people to a room. There's a triple room, which was a little bit less than $3,000. And that's just, that's for five day liveaboard. So it's not, it's not a cheap liveaboard um, for time versus, you know, dive time, um, time aboard the boat, but it's worth it because it's the only, it's the best, most awesome place to go and, and see these white sharks. Yeah. And the crew was fantastic and the food was fantastic and, you know, the drinks were wonderful and everyone just kind of felt like a big family during that trip, even though it was so, it felt so short. Yeah. That's what I love about liveaboards. Yeah. I mean, the connections you make diving around the world when you just spend, mm -hmm. you know, just a short amount of time and have this amazing experience together. Mm -hmm. It's a bonding experience. Definitely. Definitely. That's pretty cool. Now, how old do you have to be to go on this trip? Um, I don't think there's really any big age requirements. I saw some very small rental wetsuits in their fleet uh, that was hanging up. And, but I think the youngest person that we had on our board boat was 17. But I know that there are younger kiddos that uh, uh, can go on the boat. So All right. that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah. 
I'll do a little research and include it on the show notes on experiences you should have.com. So definitely check that out. Very cool. And uh, from my experience, every time I've been on a liveaboard, uh, we've always tipped the crew at the end. What is the appropriate tipping amount at the end of the trip? So most liveaboards um, would hope for, from what I understand, they hope for about a 10% gratuity for the total cost of the trip. If your trip is $3,200, uh, $3, then you would tip about $320-ish. And that was about what they were asking. I've been on a couple liveaboards in Indonesia where they were hoping for like a 5% tip. Um, Americans tend to over tip in other countries, but uh, in Mexico, they were a tip based industry. So the 10% was pretty normal. Okay. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you went in late October, but, and that there's a narrow window to go. What is that actual window and the best time to see these great white sharks? Yeah. So uh, the beginning of the season starts, I believe, in August. And in August, it's lots of smaller males that start showing up and they're kind of just aggregating. Mm -hmm. They think that they're probably looking, you know, they're aggregating, waiting for those big females to show up. Uh, the females start showing up in about October uh, and then till about November. So they're only there for about two months. Uh, we were on their second to last trip uh for Socorro. So right after that November deadline the beginning of November, they don't offer any more trips. Now where do the Great Whites go from there? That's a wonderful question. <laughs> I wish uh people knew that. There is a couple of the white sharks out there that had satellite tags on them. Yeah. Uh, and uh I wasn't able to access any of that information. That would have been really fun to see. Um, but they are uh uh circumglobal animal. They do have migratory routes along the California coast, uh, all the way down to Guadalupe, Mexico, and they even come out to Hawaii where they have a, a so-called cafe out here. So uh, we're not sure, but we do think that some of them are California animals that um, are pupping out there and maybe they're mating in Guadalupe or just feeding in Guadalupe. Yeah. Cool. That is yeah. so cool. What is your favorite thing about a great white shark? Uh, it's probably not what everyone thinks about with great white sharks. I love the way they have a super silly smile on their face, even with all those teeth, just like humans have big, huge teeth. White sharks also have teeth, but, yeah. uh, they kind of just have this big, huge open, you know, emoticon type, uh, smile. The one yeah. that arches all the way up on either side. And if you get a good profile shot of, uh, of a white shark, it looks just like they've got a big, huge grin on their face. So that, that was probably my favorite thing seeing, uh, seeing them. They're so graceful though. And so just powerful and calculated and mellow. They're not, I would have been fine outside of a cage with those white sharks because I knew they weren't interested in us as people uh -huh. and yeah. they were even super picky eaters. They didn't even want the tuna that was out there. Um, and, and so I, I just knew that those sharks were, would be safe to swim with, um, with or without that cage. They, they were just amazingly beautiful, graceful animals, not Agreed. just, stupid killing machines like media says you know right right uh, yeah. completely agreed yeah. i felt like they were so graceful they move so slowly 
uh, they're just they're so beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. We did watch them a couple times breach all the way out of the water and land belly down. Yeah, are you kidding me? It was, it was beautiful to see that because, uh, I didn't, uh, I wasn't really expecting to see that. Um, but because they were so slow in the water, uh, I just didn't really, I cannot believe it. I cannot. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Three, three powerful fin strokes with their back tail and their whole body was out of the water trying to get that bait. It would just be a vertical Wow. And then the belly flop right into the water and the huge splash. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. (laughs) Holy. (laughs) You have to come back with us, Gail. I will. I am so coming. That is. Oh, man. That's like the number one thing that yeah. I want to see in life is a breaching great white. I guess I, I had thought that they really only breached in uh, South Africa because that's where most of the images come from of them right. like attacking a seal or and just having them flying out of the water. And I, the best breach shots I ever saw were from South Africa. So I assumed that maybe they were just more mellow in Guadalupe or maybe it didn't support it as well. But no, they, they, they launched out. I think we saw three full breaches and lots of smaller attempted breaches where they just got most of their body out of the water, not all of it. <laughs> oh my, I have so much trip envy right now. You don't Aww. even know. No, but don't worry. I'm going to plan a trip now and maybe uh, listeners from Experiences You Should Have podcast can uh, come along. Yeah, that would be really fun. We'll, we'll fill your next boat. There we go. let's do that (laughs) that is just absolutely amazing simply amazing and i I still can't get over you i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) we had a really good trip we were with really good people you know sometimes the liverboards can can uh, be caught in the middle of of someone that's not quite fun to be around or someone that's kind of detracting from the amazingness of the trip but it really was a a perfect trip in terms of everyone was so happy and and the food was great and the sharks were great and the crew was great and you know the company was wonderful uh the you know everything went seamlessly no one missed their flights or anything like that perfect yeah it was it was perfect in all the ways and that's uh that's rare but it was yeah it was a perfect fairy tale story and we all got to see white sharks oh <laughs> so what is your favorite shark oh my favorite shark is actually a whale shark Ooh. i don't i yeah uh, i don't know why they're just ridiculous silly little beasts uh, or big beasts yeah um, I've like swam with them. Yeah, yeah. I've swam with a couple of them in Hawaii, uh, and we just swam with them in La Paz in Mexico, which was the second leg of our trip. Um, How was La Paz? La Paz was beautiful. I never realized the whale sharks would be in such shallow water, but when we motored out, took five minutes. We found three whale sharks, and they were in six feet of water. We could see straight down. And wow. The whale sharks were, they feed in this little bay of La Paz. They feed on tiny, tiny plankton. And the plankton's mostly up at the surface. 
And so these whale sharks uh, hoover themselves. They sit vertically and they just open and close their mouths and they just suck in all the water from the plankton. But they were too long for the six or 10 foot deep bay. So they were like dragging their tail, you know, swimming diagonally across the water, just hoovering the surfaces. And it was just a hilarious sight to see. And they're polka it. It's like the silliest color pattern for an I love it. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a friend of my a friend of mine and I wore mermaid tails and got to swim with whale sharks off of Isla Mujeres. Really? Yeah. Did they do you think they noticed a difference with you wearing a tail or, or I not? think so. I think they're still talking about it. That what? one day <laughs> they saw mermaids in the water and that they're really real. <laughs> Probably. Right? We see them out here too in Hawaii, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. It's the uh, <laughs> news is traveling, man. Uh, yeah, they can live pretty old too, so I'm sure they are still talking about you. <laughs> yeah. but many of them would slow down, they'd stay with they would stay with us. Yeah, and yeah. Just swimming right next to it, just looking at it. Yeah, the whale sharks are amazing because sometimes they'll even turn towards you and you got to get out of their way. Yeah. They're hoovering food. You just got to get out of their way. They're <laughs> one track uh, minded animals. Yeah. And if you're in the way, you're also going to get hoovered. <laughs> so, did you prefer the great white part of the trip or the whale oh. shark part of the trip? Oh, the Great White Shark trip was was way awesome. I, I'm a huge fan of liveaboards because you just eat as much as you want. You dive as much as you want. You can sleep and then you just repeat. And it's yeah. just eat, dive, eat, dive, eat, dive, sleep. That is and my kind of trip. Yeah, yeah, that's my style. So, And we had great company on that one. Um, Cabo was a little more messy because it was land-based and, uh, and it, it took more time to do everything over there. So... We had great dives. We saw all the sharks we wanted to see and all the different types of animals, but, um, but it was a little stress-inducing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the liveaboard was everything's taken care of, and you just, like I said, eat, dive, sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like I need to go back there so I can see preaching great white. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my I goodness. I know. <laughs> and uh, so what's next on, on the books? Uh, our next trip is going to be to Papua New Guinea in March. Not sure if we'll see any sharks there. Maybe some smaller walking sharks. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff won a uh, big photo contest. And so we got a free trip to Papua New Guinea. So Hell we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, use that and uh, explore a new place in the country or in the world. Yeah, I've never been there. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's expensive and hard to get to, and it's more, probably one of the most dangerous airports you can ever go to in in the world. Okay, uh, there's a lot of civil unrest there, um, a lot of malaria and other uh -huh. things. So you know, stay tuned for that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this trip. <laughs> But yeah, that'll be in March 2019 coming up. Cool. I would love to interview you when you come back and hear yeah. all about it, hear what you saw. Yeah, Jeff and I uh, will both be going so you can have a duet. Oh, I we love it. We won't sing though because I'm terrible. Wait, what? <laughs> I, you're not gonna I'm no Christine of the Waipomo Kings. <laughs> I'm no Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, I know. No. Short song? 
no, 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 no song today, guys. No, no, sorry. And then can you tell the listeners about your dive in Drive America? Oh, yeah. So we are, uh, Jeff and I are uh, undertaking an epic road trip across America. We're diving every state in the USA, starting with Hawaii. And uh, we're going to be traveling in our makeshift van a 16 passenger van that we've outfitted for us to camp out of. Uh, and we're bringing our dog, an 11 year old Corgi mix uh, on our road trip. So cool. we'll be essentially, I think uh, the first couple to dive all 50 States. Wow. Yeah. So how long is this trip going to take you? It's going to be three months. It's going to start in May, 2019 and end probably the first week of August, uh, 2019 up in Alaska. Wow. Now, are yeah, you going to hit all 50 states in that time period? All of them. Holy yeah. moly. It's, it is an epic road trip involving lots of diving and lots of driving. Wow. <laughs> okay, so what's your Instagram and... Yeah, uh, my Instagram is Dive and Drive America. That's our uh, username. Yeah. Uh, and our website is DiveAndDriveAmerica.com. Fabulous. Yeah. I will be I will be watching, and when you come through Oregon, please please stop by, say hello. Of course, of I'll course. come dive with you. Yeah, we're gonna dive Clear Lake in Oregon because it's yeah. supposed to be gorgeous and clear and beautiful and cold. So very cold. Dive. That lake is like thirty eight <laughs> degrees. Oh, that's colder than I thought. <laughs> uh, it's very cold. Uh, oh, but there's a petrified forest. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. I've seen the videos as I was doing all my research for the trip. I saw how beautiful it looked. I'm pretty sure the photos that uh, Jeff will manage from that place will be pretty gorgeous. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. And I'm now going to be planning another trip back to <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully you have more luck this time and no navy uh boarding <laughs> <laughs> yeah fingers crossed fingers yeah crossed. oh well thank you for interviewing me gail anytime well you better be coming back because i love the experiences that you're having oh thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you're using an iPhone, uh, please leave us a five-star review. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you have an experience that you would like to share, I want to hear from you. Please go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com. You can contact me there. You can also find us on Instagram and also use the hashtag EYSH on Instagram. And please share with us the experiences that you think others should have in the world that can be replicated. And if you are an expert in that experience, absolutely let me know. I'd love to have you on the show. Thank you again for listening. And until next time.